0: Hi, I'm Tristan Miller, and this is Positive and Negative, a podcast about the intersectionality between mental health and the arts. Today on the program, I speak with Peter Michael Marino, who is a playwright, performer, director, and producer, about his experience with social anxiety and depression. Here he is talking about how he copes when he's depressed
1: well I guess just knowing that however you're feeling in that moment will pass yeah I think that's one of the biggest things I mean that was one of the biggest things for me when 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 clinical depression which is clearly a lack of serotonin that's mm-hmm. that was it my show closing killed my serotonin that was it <laughs> yeah it really did like the little machine that makes it was like eh, and we're dead mm-hmm. um, I could unionized. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> I could never see the end the light at the end yeah. of the tunnel. Yeah. That was the big thing. That really, really that's an image that I really remember talking about a lot in therapy. Mm-hmm. It was like just there's no it's never gonna get better. It's never gonna get better. To be fair, if I have a sore throat for two days, I'm like, I'm gonna be like this forever, everything's terrible. <laughs> so I am yeah, like yeah. an alarmist that way, naturally mm-hmm. I guess.
0: This podcast is made possible by Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash Tristan J. Miller to support us there. At the $1 level, you'll receive bonus content of this and other podcasts. At the $5 level, you'll receive early access to this and other podcasts as well. There's a bunch of tiers. Find one you like. Even a dollar helps. All right. All right. Let's get to the interview. You do a lot of solo shows. When did you start doing
1: that? Well, I think my first, I guess I'd say my first solo show was a cabaret show mm-hmm. that I did somewhere in, I'd say the 90s somewhere. Okay. And it was a character that I had created in improv that okay. I thought needed their own show. Mm-hmm. So there were backup singers and there was a musician, but it still felt like a solo show. Okay. So I did that and then I did another, and that solo show was a spoof of cabaret shows. Uh-huh. And then I did a, a sequel to that because that's stupid and that's why I did it. And the sequel is really, really uh, popular.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: um, yeah. Then I wound up... Then then I was just, like, getting, I was getting cast in things, so mm-hmm. the solo thing went away. And I think around 2012? Yeah? Yeah, no. Like, 10.
0: 2010?
1: Uh, I had uh, a story... Then I was like, oh, this is actually a really good solo show. Mm -hmm. I had been directing and developing other people's shows, but I Uh hadn't written my own in a long time. And then, um, yeah, so I did that. And then, like, luckily that was successful. Mm -hmm. So then I did that for quite a few years, that show.
0: And what one was that one again? That
1: was called Desperately Seeking the Exit, Uh which is... um, the story of the making and unmaking of the blondie Madonna West End musical Desperately Seeking Susan I just happened to be the person that actually wrote that musical Uh and it went poorly very poorly and uh So I turned it into a funny show about the making of a show.
0: That's fun. That's very good. Like that's very made, fun. Yeah, that's a that's an excellent response to pain. I, to di- it I literally
1: handmade. made lemonade out of lemons.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's and really I actually sick. wound
1: up doing a run of the show in London, which yeah, was, which was as a result of Edinburgh, which was yep. crazy. So there I was, you know, back in the city that totally killed me <laughs> doing a show and inviting the same mm-hmm. critics who had killed the musical. And, of course, they liked my show better. I mean, in the end, my show wound up running a lot longer mm-hmm. than the actual musical. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, full disclosure, the musical did open in Tokyo in Japanese, and it was a massive hit there. So, <laughs>
0: good, so there good, was a, good, 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 yeah, good. There was There's yeah, an upside. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So that kept me busy for a few years, and then I brought that character back again for another yeah. solo show, which I also brought to Edinburgh. Um was like a character it was a spoof of talk shows okay. i kind of just like to spoof things that's what i do <laughs> sure. i'm just hyper aware of everything so i can't help but see mm-hmm. every side of it mm-hmm. um so yeah uh that show was fun to do but i was playing a character who's like 20 years younger than i am mm-hmm. and it required a great deal of energy that i just uh-huh. did not feel like putting it out anymore mm-hmm. then show up which is an improvised one man show about the audience's shitty lives. <laughs> and then Show Up Kids, which is the kids' version of Show Up, but not about their shitty lives, more about their dreams and hopes and fears and
0: oh. Well that's nice. Yeah. So that's both are very nice. Um where are you from? It's a really
1: long answer, wasn't it? Yeah,
0: it's you know, it's okay. I asked you to be on this to talk about you. So no, you're fine. That's
1: gonna happen, right?
0: Yeah, right, yeah. Right. That's, yeah, correct. Um are you from the city or
1: Yeah, I was born in Queens. Wow, where in? Uh, I was uh, on the border of Ridgewood and Glendale.
0: Oh, really? Right That's off where...
1: of Myrtle Avenue.
0: I'm off of uh, the Forest Avenue stop.
1: Oh, sure. My grandmother yeah. lived on Forest Avenue. Yeah. I went to St. Matthias.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And would you start doing uh, acting and stuff like that?
1: Um, I don't really know. I guess I, I like, I had, even though I grew up in Queens, I never came into the city to see plays, or mm-hmm. I wasn't even aware of Broadway or anything. Mm-hmm. So I think it was like. In junior high school, my family moved out to uh, Long Island, which is, okay. which is a, it's a rite of passage for anyone who's born in Queens. Uh-huh. Um, and I was in a public school all of a sudden from, pri- from Catholic school to public school, and uh, they were doing this thing called a musical
0: mm-hmm. called mm-hmm. Oliver.
1: Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. Mm-hmm. So then the next year I was in Oklahoma, and then the next year I was in something else, and then I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I guess I'm doing this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're in theater as well. Yeah, sometimes. I think what happens is like you're young and you're weird, and then you're like, "Oh, everyone here is really weird, so I'm not as weird. This is my tribe. I'm gonna do yeah. this forever." Yep. Yeah. And then you're stuck. Yeah. So I'm like he's like, "Oh, damn! I yeah. made this promise to myself to do this forever. <laughs> it's actually, it's actually it was more a little bit more fun. Yeah. When I was 14.
0: And you didn't have to have a different job. Mills, or Yeah, exactly. Memorize
1: lines. Mm-hmm. Show up. On yeah. time.
0: Yeah, <laughs> people's expectations were a little
1: lower. Didn't you get critics? There were no critics. Yeah. Maybe your parents were the biggest critic. Yeah, yeah. It um, could have been louder. <laughs> you
0: know. Yeah, exactly. I couldn't understand you. Yeah. That's always the best note. Um, and then did you go to school for acting, then too?
1: Well, I went to um, SUNY Buffalo, mm-hmm. and I picked that school because I. I wasn't sure if I wanted to go into advertising design, gra- mm-hmm. advertising graphic design,
0: yeah.
1: or, um, or theater design, mm-hmm. and that school had a good reputation for both departments. And what wound up happening was that I just kept doing more and more theater. Oh, I realized I was terrible at math. So designing <laughs> yeah. lights and sets is mm-hmm. probably not really in my wheelhouse other than sure. in my brain. I can imagine what I want, but I can't actually do like drawings Sure. involving numbers. Mm, not, not even paid by number. No. Yeah. And so then I just, so th- the good news was that I had already been studying lighting and mm-hmm. set design and costume design and directing and playwriting and so I kind of was like oh I guess I can just do anything I want now and I was acting as well yeah but kind of I I guess even since like junior high school I just always like to be I don't want to say liked to be in charge of things Mm -hmm. but I like to make things happen sure and recently my dad had said uh all my, you know, one of my friends is asking, "What does your son do?" And he lives in Manhattan. What does he do? He's a producer. What does a producer do? And my dad said, "I didn't really know what to tell him." So I was like, "Well, if anyone ever asks you that again, the, the answer is a producer just makes things happen. That's mm-hmm. it. Sometimes it involves them raising money. Sometimes it involves the show has money. You have to just make it happen somewhere." Yeah. Um, so. In a weird way, my acting, I've sort of maybe fallen back on acting to mm-hmm. pay for the bills mm-hmm. so I can do other things <laughs> <laughs> like direct and write and produce. Wow. Yeah.
0: That's a that's a nice
1: reversal. It's really unusual. <laughs>
0: yeah. On your Twitter bio, you say mental health advocate. I uh, do. Yes. What is the story behind that?
1: So it's uh, hopefully shorter than the first story. Mm -hmm. Well, in a nutshell, uh, when that musical completely Mm -hmm. failed, it literally triggered some – it just triggered this depression button. Yeah. Like I wasn't just like sad that the show closed. I was like – I I was, I was just, I I was nothing. Well, if you know, if anyone knows about mental health or depression, Mm -hmm. it it quite often manifests itself in just feeling nothing, Mm -hmm. which is the worst feeling. Yeah. So, um, uh, I had to do something with that nothing feeling. I think also, like, sometimes, like, sadness... Manifests itself as anger Yeah oh, So yeah. if you're a writer It's a, it's great Because you can kind of get it out But I was telling my own story And I didn't want to share A negative story with the world I wanted to share mm-hmm. An optimistic story And the show had already opened in Tokyo So I knew it had a happy ending But I still couldn't mm-hmm. get over everything That bummed me out before it uh-huh. um, And um, So in that show I did I guess that's when I kind of like Came out of the closet With Um Telling you know Complete strangers Around the world For two years That like I had never really Experienced anything Like that kind of Depression before And I realized In that moment Like Mm -hmm. Oh wow If you don't leave The house For a year That's a sign Of something Yeah Not right Yeah (laughs) And that Yeah So It was really Interesting Because that's a very It's an hour long show and the part the part about the depression is maybe a paragraph and a half. Yeah. And at the end of the show, complete strangers are just like, "Oh my gosh, thank you for sharing." Like it was like the biggest gift, I guess, mm-hmm. that they had received <laughs> yeah. that day or that night or at whatever festival that someone was, um, you know,
0: mm-hmm. even
1: just talking about something that they also felt. Yeah. Um, so. You know, then I did, like, so then the show was over, and I did therapy. Yeah. Uh, and that was new. Mm-hmm. And, um... Did
0: you take to it right away, or was it difficult getting in there? Getting uh, into therapy and, like, allowing yourself to be in that space?
1: I was fine with it. Yeah? My, yeah, my therapist, I talk, or, I talk about her in Show Up, actually. She mm-hmm. was really... Uh, She's just really easy. (laughs) She's easy. She's just like old school, sat Mm -hmm. in a big chair, Mm -hmm. didn't even take notes. Just talk some more about that. Okay. I mean, you know, there's many different ways you can get therapy. Mm -hmm. And I guess for someone who talks a lot, as you probably have already realized, (laughs) it's probably good for me to just talk it out. Yeah, yeah. So I made a lot of realizations. I was like, oh, wow, I didn't even realize that. I that I had social anxiety like Mm -hmm. never I just never I was always thought of as like the life of the party like Mm -hmm. the loud one, you know Mm -hmm. But then like I started examining in therapy. I started examining Growing up in Queens for example. Mm -hmm. I had lots of friends, but like almost all the time. I was doing things by myself Yeah, well, I was always like down the basement like creating something or I was getting on my bike and not telling anybody where I was going and, like, exploring mm-hmm. places that a kid should not be yeah, on yeah. their bike in Queens. Um, sure. And then even Long Island, yeah, you know, like, the suburbs are great. There's lots of people. There's pools. There's beaches. But I would just sometimes get on my bike and, like, take backwoods to, like, Jones Beach. Mm-hmm. But I never thought at the time, like, oh, I'm shutting off the world. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought I'm really independent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when I when I when I did, uh, wrote show up which was three or f- three years ago or so uh it was me making fun of um solo shows cuz had been mm-hmm. seeing so many of them and working on so many of them and at some point in the development process with my director we kind of realized I always say like everything had like what's the there there like mm-hmm. what's it what's what's underneath it all like yeah, yeah it's yeah. funny yeah it made me laugh but like well, where's the what do I go home with mm-hmm. and that was when, like, the whole social anxiety, depression thing. I was like, all right, now we're throwing open all the doors. Yeah. Here we go. Because I already had, like, a funny script. And I mm-hmm. knew if I just dropped in some truths yeah, that it, that it would fly. Yeah. And, again, same thing happened. And then, so as a result of that, I, you know, people are asking me to write pieces for mental health. Sure. Blogs. Yeah. I'm in Europe talking on podcast yeah. to mental health people and mm-hmm. part of part of discussion panel discussions because mm-hmm. I'm talking about it in my show yeah and that, that actually the first year I did it that was the big theme mm-hmm. <laughs> everybody or <laughs> all, all the comedians were talking about their oh, mental health
0: absolutely you know but was it um hard putting it in your show did you ha- Did you have to sit with it that decision
1: I mean I just had to trust that it's okay to be mm-hmm. real mm-hmm and vulnerable
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, in the course of an hour-long show where, you know, 90, 95% of the time you're creating comedy. Yeah. It's not that bad to do that. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: But, you know, again, doing it in Edinburgh, for example, the first year you're doing 23 performances, and then the second year I did it again, so I've, and then you're doing it in between at other festivals. So if you're talking about your mental health, like, on a daily basis... Uh, it kind of does help you understand yourself better. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And again, the same result. People like going, oh, I'm so glad you're talking about this. Oh, everyone thinks that I'm outgoing. And Mm -hmm. meanwhile, I'm always in the back of a party, you know, hiding. And Mm -hmm. yeah.
0: Um, Was that the first time you had dealt with depression after that show? Did not go so well?
1: Uh... Yeah, that was the first one. Yeah? Bow. Yeah.
0: How long did that last? <laughs> like, that first <laughs> bout, how long did uh, it last? As my
1: friend David Mills would say, how long is a piece of string? <laughs> I mean, it's... Uh, sure. I mean... <laughs> that's, that's very so, fun. That's so hard to say. Okay. No problem. Uh, um, I just think you always live with it. I hate to say that. I think you live with it, and then you find ways to live with it. Mm-hmm. Either it's... Uh, you know, antidepressants or it's talk therapy or it's CBD Mm -hmm. or um, exercising Mm -hmm. or not drinking or doing drugs or uh, there's lots of things you can do to kind of (laughs) just, I just did air quotes, distract yourself from your mental health.
0: Yeah. Oh, uh, has it ever stopped you from making
1: new art? Oh my gosh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I should have I feel like I should have written like three other shows by now in the sure. past year. Really? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean mm-hmm. from twenty twelve until like now ish, that's a lot of shows to create, mm-hmm. and plus other people's shows. That's mm-hmm. a lot of content, yeah, um but you know, I think that sometimes the little the depression voice is a loud a little bit louder than the writer voice, yeah. Yeah, Uh, it was convenient for me the first time around, writing Mm -hmm. that show, Mm -hmm. but yeah, now it's not, I just don't want to, I don't want to write another show that's kind of with the same themes as the show before, Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm really particular that like, when I create something I have to, I almost always want to know who the audience is in the process of creating it sure yeah
0: does the social anxiety inhibit you like a lot or do you deal with that like on a daily basis i mean you're doing an interactive theater show right now
1: well this is always the story i mean you know there are um there are social anxiety deniers yeah uh who would literally say after show up like Oh come on You don't really have that mm-hmm. Look at You just did a show I mean at the end of the show I invite the audience Up on stage And like yeah. You have to say hello To someone you don't know
0: mm-hmm. And then we have a
1: toast And like Everyone's in a You know <sighs> I mean if anyone knows me That's so not me <laughs> <laughs> You know sure. I'd end a show sure. with like Fireworks on stage And the audience fleeing for their lives <laughs> That's more like my style Not uh-huh. being granola-ish uh-huh. Um, Yeah but I You know I would say no You know It's uh, going to a party is completely different than putting on a show. Okay. It's like how you can do a show when you have a hundred and two fever. Yeah. You it's your sh- It's a show. You have to do it. Yeah. You no. You can't not do your show. Mm-hmm. So p- a spotlight penicillin. You know, as soon as the show's over, you're like Ugh, dying. Yeah. But you get through it, and mm-hmm. I feel like that's in a weird way similar to. Um, uh like being in this immersive show like mm-hmm. I'm a character in a show mm-hmm. and even if I was playing myself and I had to interact like that's my job yeah okay. going to a party is yeah. is a job in a whole other way yeah even somebody I like
0: what <laughs> what's like the worst case like you've you've had with the anxiety like have you had to like leave si- social so situations uh, no I just don't go
1: you just don't go <laughs> oh my okay. god I mean there's so many examples of yeah. me like getting dressed to do this thing and the whole time going am I really going to go and then like coming up with excuses like well it's kind of starting to rain or <laughs> oh these shoes are uncomfortable or oh that person's going to be there or that person's not going to be there like mm-hmm. my my not my wingman but like my lifeline is not going to be there <laughs> going so far as to like actually get in the elevator going downstairs going outside and going I'm not doing this Wow. It's just too much work. Wow! Yeah. I'm so amazed that everyone's not like that. <laughs> I'm I so amazed at extroverts. Like this <laughs> boggles my mind.
0: Yeah, I would say I feel like a lot of people feel that way. I don't think a lot of people
1: are crippled by
0: it. No. Well, I would say crippled in a one way. I think it's very brave to do what you do. Of like, nah, fine, I don't want to do this. Right. And you can just say that, like, as an adult person, you can just be like, I don't want to do it. If you don't have, like, a contractual obligation to. And I think a lot of, specifically, like, young people get really in their head about feeling obliged to go places.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, fear of missing out is a big thing. Yep. You know, look, I'm not encouraging people to not go places. Yeah. Listener. (laughs) You know, that's the whole point of show up. Mm -hmm. It's literally the title of the show. Yeah. You have to just... You've got to... you just gotta be there. Mm-hmm. You just gotta try, because mm-hmm. most of the time, I mean, this is a spoiler alert for everybody who wants to like stay home, not go to all the Christmas parties, holiday parties coming up. Is um, it's usually just like not as bad as you think it's going to be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Just, so really, it just all boils down to the fear mm-hmm. that this thing is going to either be boring, and I, I certainly will admit. It, that I'll be like, oh, I can't go to that. It's, it's going to be boring, people. Mm. What that means to me, what I'm really saying is like, oh, I'm going to have to initiate conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. want to ever do that. It's emotionally But tempting. I also don't want anyone else to initiate a conversation <laughs> with me. <laughs>
0: yeah. I, I understand that. It's like, can you just, I don't want to talk to you, you do can we just stand here? It's fine. Why do strangers are yeah.
1: able to go, hi, what's your name? Yeah. Well, I recoil. Yeah. And fear. Yeah
0: once you're at a party say you get out of the house and you're at the party or the social engagement how do you cope with the anxiety then like what do you do in your mind
1: i mean i don't get anxious like panic i don't have any yeah, kind yeah. of panic anxiety sure i just have you know, self self-worth anxiety mm-hmm. and well every kind of every other kind of anxiety like i don't get panicky i don't mm-hmm. i don't go "Huh, there's people mm-hmm. at all I just um, get overwhelmed by the sound of conversations or Mm -hmm. the sounds of people laughing or the sounds of music thumping or um, I just go to the bath. I just spend a lot of time in the bathroom. Yeah. I mean, if it's a house that has, if it's an apartment that has like a bathroom and a half or like a house, Mm -hmm. which if you live in New York, nobody knows a house, but Mm -hmm. I have friends in the (laughs) suburbs and upstate New York or whatever, house is great because you can actually escape yeah Um, the invention of cell phones has helped a lot I mean I know that happened a while ago but I can't imagine now if you didn't have that other thing to just what else I mean before cell phones I think you just go into the bathroom and stare at yourself like in a a movie (laughs) yeah it only happens in the movies but it actually happens in real life yeah you're just staring going what's wrong with me why am I (laughs) such a loser now at least you can like you know see what's on Instagram yeah
0: Pretending like you're trying to market your show, or like it's like, oh no, this is for work. You
1: know. How do we start talking about cell phones? Oh, bathrooms, mm-hmm. yeah. parties. Yeah. Uh Yeah. I had a whole bit about being uh, the king of the Irish exit, mm-hmm. which I learned is not a phrase in Europe. Really. I believe it is uh, a stereotypical phrase here. <laughs> that makes that sense. Is, that is like I'm sure some Italian group. <laughs> yeah. Invented in <laughs> the, the, after the depression. Yeah about some Irish person at a bar who would <laughs> just, just inevitably pass out. Yeah. And that just I'm sure. spread out to the entire culture, which is so unfair. Um but yeah, I used mm-hmm. to I really have a trouble just leaving an event, feeling like I had to uh excuse myself. Really? And then I realised this term Irish exit, which means just go. Mm-hmm and I would do that and I felt very empowered yeah yeah that was like really good for me mm-hmm. while also feeling terrible for not saying goodbye to the host yeah but feeling I don't have to I can text them let them know yeah. I had to go yeah uh, then you just learned like always I have other plans mm-hmm. as soon as you walk in oh my god it's so to so see you just you know I had to sneak out at like 8 o'clock yeah <laughs> you know I have to go to this other thing
0: Mm-hmm. Do, how do you when you're trying to create something and your mind is getting in the way how do you circumvent that
1: uh it never gets in the way when i'm working with somebody else okay uh, either someone else is working with me or i'm working with somebody else as a collaborator or the mm-hmm. vice versa um but yeah my mind gets in the way i mean i think it does i'm not sure it's a mental health thing i think mm-hmm. it's everybody uh you know who's gonna care sure is this interesting to anybody other than me mm-hmm. um you know I'm never going to finish this. Yeah. I'm never going to put That's it up. One. Yeah. You're just like finding all these great excuses to not sit down and like write for 10 minutes. Yeah. So I've tricked myself uh, by, uh, I just have lots of post-it notes. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'll see them everywhere. Yeah. yeah. It's a show up is sponsored by post-it notes. So I have a <laughs> plethora of post-it notes. Um, yeah. uh if I'm just writing down lots of ideas and I do have, mm-hmm. like, a nice little notebook that's got, you know, a pretty hefty little stack of post-its in it, mm-hmm. when I'm ready, then I, then I have all these ideas to write about.
0: Oh. Okay, so you just uh, backlog it. You, or front-log it, rather.
1: I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I like... I mean, what, what happens a lot with solo people who come to me is either they have a gazillion ideas and I have to help them quilt it together, help mm-hmm. them... Uh, and nine times out of ten, the at least to me, the connection of what they thought were you know completely disparate pieces yeah to me are like, well, clearly there's a thread of fear of travel. yeah, what? Oh my God, you're right. The story about my dad and the story about my uncle and the story about India and the story about college mm-hmm. it's all about travel. Mm-hmm. So like now you have a hook for your show and mm-hmm. it makes it easier to put it all together. Um, and then the other one is um you know, someone will, they'll read a couple of pages of what they wrote and I'll take notes and afterwards I'll say, so that part about, um, uh, eighth grade and when you and your dad went fishing, um, what, what, what exactly went on there? Mm -hmm. They always go, well, I didn't really tell the whole story, but what happened was, and I go, I hope you were recording that because see to you, it's mundane because it's Mm -hmm. just part of your life. Mm -hmm. But to us, it's. What makes you human, which makes us connect with you, but it's also really fucking interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a friend recently who's really, really harping on me. Just he's like, Peter. Just get on a stool and talk. That's enough.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What? Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. And then we'll have a conversation. You'll be like, see that conversation we just had. All those things you were saying about whatever. That that's interesting.
0: Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's almost like people like connecting with people, and that's what we're meant to do. Yeah. It's almost like that. Yeah. Almost. Not quite. Do you
1: think you're a shy person? I don't know. Uh, I don't really know. Does that that word even exist anymore? It seems to have kind of gone, but like... Well, actually, I used to be part of a shyness and introverts group. Oh, yeah? Because they were great to market my show to. I mean, (laughs) there's something very... (laughs) There's something very, (laughs) believe me. Oh, that's great. I would write to the meetup groups and, you know, the the shyness and the introvert and the social anxiety groups. And I go, I am very aware of the ridiculousness of me asking your group to come to a theater to see a show. Yes. But I think you will be happy with the results. Yeah. And then they literally do come. I've met. I have friends now that I've met Mm -hmm. because they're, you know, we we never see each other, but we're friends (laughs) online. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, so a maybe, a hard maybe.
1: Oh, shy. Yeah.
0: Can
1: I just say, can I just use the clinic? Can I just use the clinical and just say, oh no, I'm just socially anxious.
0: Yeah, sure. Yeah. That's fine. I was just wondering. I
1: really wonder if they're ever going to like update that in the library. Yeah. See, you're young, mm-hmm. so like every sort of problem, everything that would be a problem when I was your age or mm-hmm. younger growing up, uh, was just a pro- it was just a problem. Mm-hmm. But like now, I feel like there's an explanation for everything. Yeah. So there's everything's justified because it's a problem. Does that make sense? Yeah, sure.
0: Yeah, it feels valid now because I mean, it does, it does. there's a, like a, there's some a name for it that's more concrete. Yes. Yeah, and I would say like that's, I, I'm from the Midwest, so there's a little bit still oh. of like the oh he's just moody or he's right, just shy right, when right. it's really like there's a lot going on there. Right. But it's also on the one hand, I agree. It's really nice to have that concrete thing. But on the other hand, like it's really, it, it's almost really nice to be like, oh, they're just shy, and that's fine, and you can just kind of move on, and you don't have to make it this big deal. Like, that's it's true. A, it's a weird balance
1: we have to that's find true. still. There might be a sh- – uh, I'd like to, like, someday meet someone who's, who identifies as shy yeah. and say, but are you an uh, introvert? And they go, no, I'm just shy. Yeah, I'm just shy. <laughs> now, <as you're>,
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> what would your biggest piece of advice be um, to someone who's, like – dealing with either social anxiety or, or going through a bout of depression. Oh, my God.
1: I mean, I have to say something, right?
0: Well, it is a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe here's a good way. What advice would you like to hear when you're feeling those ways? Oh, wow. Yeah. Because whatever... Well,
1: I guess just knowing that however you're feeling in that moment will pass. Yeah. I think that's one of the biggest things. I mean, that was one of the biggest things for me when... When when clinical depression, which is clearly a lack of serotonin, that's mm-hmm. that was it. My show closing killed my serotonin. That was it.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: it really did. Like the little machine that makes it was like, and we're dead. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: so
1: I could unionized. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> I could never see the end the light at the yeah. end of the tunnel. Yeah. That was the big thing. That really, really that's an image that I really remember talking about a lot in therapy. Mm-hmm. It was like just there's no it's never gonna get better. It's never gonna get better. To be fair, if I have a sore throat for two days, I'm like, I'm gonna be like this forever, everything's terrible. <laughs> so I am yeah, like yeah. an alarmist that way, naturally <clears throat> I guess. But um I have told people who are depressed, because depressed people like to talk to other depressed people. That's true. Um, oh, yeah, I've been there. Don't worry. Like, a week mm-hmm. later, everything's fine. Yeah. I, mean, I had a coworker recently just, like, totally have a mental health breakdown at work, mm-hmm. you know, in between scenes. And, um... You know, she knew who to bitch to, who to <laughs> whine to, who to express herself to. I shouldn't have said bitch. It sounds like I'm being insensitive, but mm-hmm. it was at work, so I was being insensitive. But then I gave her a hug, and everything was really great. And, yeah, she, yeah, and then, yeah. like, 10 minutes later, she's like, oh, I just can't. I'm still, I just can't shake this. It's this and this. And it's, you know, it was work-related, and it was triggering mm-hmm. something. And um, mm-hmm. next day, she, and, you know, texted me later that night, thank you so much for listening. Mm-hmm. And then, like, next day at work, and she says, hey, Peter, how are you? Yeah. And I was like, oh, look at that. Yeah. So, can can you can you come back and just say you were right? It would be gone overnight. Can you get a little credit for that? Uh, um, why do you think? Uh, artists, I think I think yeah. meditating helps too. Oh sure yeah yeah. I mean I'm not like a real meditator, but I'm good at like throwing on an app that has like binary beats going through my brain. Yeah and. Um, yeah, like just giving your brain a break from thinking about all the things that are driving it crazy.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh,
1: I always say doing is easier than thinking. So, yeah, if you're like thinking and thinking about should I call, should I call, should I open the email, just always just do it. Yeah. It's, it's always going to be easier than that torture that's going on in your head. Of what, should, where, what, well, how, I feel, I have a, huh. That probably sounds really weird to listen to, but I was doing, like, a a kind of, like, a robot dance move that accompanied the grunts (laughs) and groans.
0: Mm -hmm. Do you think artists have more cases of mental illness or mental health issues than regular folks or different, like, not regular folks, Mm -hmm. non-artists?
1: Wow. Yeah. I mean, do they wind up in the arts because they have mental health things or... Did the mental health <laughs> thing start because they got in the arts? Like yeah, me, yeah, 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 like literally, like mine. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Maybe something else. Maybe nothing would have happened in two thousand and seven that mm-hmm. triggered everything. Maybe just would have been triggered by something else. Yeah, I don't know. A dead hamster. I don't know what it would yeah. be. I keep going like De- death because <laughs> it was like a death. a baby, yeah. the, the the show was like a baby and mm-hmm. came out really ugly and we just like, killed it. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> it was my first baby. Oh um, no. Was that your first like big? Well, that was my. I mean, it's a Brazilian pound musical on the West End. It was pretty freaking big.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. Was that like the first one you'd been doing though? You hadn't written something to that scale. No, no, everyone okay. has
1: their first big thing. Yeah, that was my first big thing. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. I probably should have had a couple of other steps before the big thing, mm-hmm. but in my view, mm-hmm. it was like, oh, you know what, this is my time. Everything is coming together the way it should. This of is amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Th- we got a great th- we the produce. I had producers who were paying mm-hmm. me to fly to London, and mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I had no mental health problems at all yeah. then. Yeah, that. Tea up must have been really difficult. Like, you know,
0: going having all that great and then Ugh. the drop off must have been really difficult to deal with.
1: Awful. Yeah. Yeah, but the other thing, I guess this goes back to like just give it, give it an hour, or give it a month, or give it a year, you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Is uh, when I flew back from Tokyo. a yeah. Really long. So when I flew back from London to New York after the closing night, I was just inconsolable for seven hours on the flight like it was just awful and then a year and a half later I'm flying back to New York from Tokyo Mm -hmm. where the show is just embraced by the entire city Mm -hmm. (laughs) of Tokyo Mm -hmm. and I am like I'm throwing out my antidepressants when I get home Yeah, and yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. I did. I was like, I literally called my doctor. I was like, I don't. I. I. How do I wean off this? How long does it take? Because I. I don't need this anymore. Everything's fine. Yeah. So then I was fine. Yeah. But then, then I was like, oh, I. I actually need those. Yeah. I don't know which. I don't know if we should talk about this. Uh. You know, each antidepressants are like. There's different ones for yeah, different yeah, kinds yeah. of things. Yeah. 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 I do the Wellbutrin. Yeah. So it's helps to boost your serotonin Mm -hmm. and it's not really an anxiety thing i find with it though that and this is what i found the first time where it just wasn't uh, it makes you like cool with with your mental health yeah but uh, so you're just kind of like i don't know it makes it uh it makes it easier to live in the space of like Alright, here's where I'm at. It's mm-hmm. not that bad. There's like a little glimmer of light in there. It's okay, mm-hmm. this is good, this is good. Um, but I think it kind of also makes you not care so much. Yeah. So you're also like, Oh maybe I'll just maybe I'll just pay that bill like in a month. Mm-hmm. Or maybe maybe I'll just eat that whole pint yeah. of Ben and Jerry's. Sure. It's all right, it's yeah. all right. So I think I always have to kind of keep an eye on that for myself. Yeah.
0: Yeah, um, I was recently on it for a little bit, and it, it wasn't a good fit for me, and that became very clear. And that was one of the major things. Like, you things. felt like
1: you were on drugs.
0: Yeah, I felt, like, really relaxed, but, like,
1: too relaxed yeah. about
0: everything. And I was, like, really content not doing anything. I was like, I feel great, I'm relaxed, but I'm also, like, not getting my work done. I know. So, how do you find balance with that?
1: I I just started supplementing with C- pure CBD. Okay Like expensive Pure CBD <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> Yeah And uh, I feel like That has gotten me Like out More often Like on my bike You know mm-hmm. like Yeah like walking more Than taking the subway
0: Very cool You bike? Yeah Yeah? How's it We just Like you were biking All over as like a little Uh, I was in an
1: off Broadway show For five years downtown And mm-hmm. on the Lower East Side So I it Just got a bike? It's far away Yep And um Yeah so I got a bike that's very good. And funny. I actually had that bike for fifteen years. Wow! And then one day I was on the Hudson, um, the the bike path on the um, Hudson River Park mm-hmm. up in the eighties, and I had I just saw beautiful. Just the, the water was so gorgeous, and mm-hmm. the light was great. I just I just got off my bike and went down to the waterfront and just just looked and. I went back to, my bike is gone. My mm-hmm. bike, like someone stole my bike on the bike path. Oh, boy. In 30 seconds. Wow. So that was, uh, but I had it for 15 years. So that was a good bike. Sorry, yeah. I just got a little wistful. I love No, that. that's fine. My iron horse. So now that thing out in the hallway that's like, yeah. green is my fixie. Mm-hmm. A fixie like is no gears and it weighs like two pounds. That's amazing. So you can ride it uphill and not die. Yeah ideal truly yeah. specifically I would imagine for riding in the city that's great for yes you. I don't wear a helmet Ooh. I know
0: yeah eh, that's your choice you know I don't care enough. <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's like well whatever happens happens I'm not asking for it but if it but...
1: happens
0: you know We'll see.
1: We'll really, see. Really. I have to make sure my parents never listen to this. Okay,
0: I'll bleep it out. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um I I think I have everything I need. Is there any parting words you want to give?
1: Mm. <sighs> you know, uh they say uh as a, for writers and for directors and for actors, that sometimes the the silences are more interesting than the words. Yeah. And I feel like that five second <laughs> sigh of thought. Yeah. I think that speaks for me. Okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I found my voice in the silence. <laughs> Well, that's nice. Is that the name of my book?
0: Yeah, that's probably the name of your my book. The
1: voice in the silence. Yeah. Ooh, that's wow. very nice.
0: There you go. That this whole thing was worth it for just that sentence.
1: I think you're right. Thank you, you have a name for this episode now. Yeah. yeah. Voice in the silence.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much for doing this.
1: Thank you.